so Rush Limbaugh passed away. And I am shocked and disturbed by the depths people would lower themselves by saying awful things about Rush Limbaugh now that he has passed away. And well, they were saying it when he was alive. They were saying it when he was alive. But people posting rest in, uh, rot in piss on Twitter. Yeah. And drudging up all the awful things that he had said during his career. And I want to see if I can call up something that I had said oh, on geez. what? No, just really? What? I mean, you don't have to say something nice, but do you really have to go that far with it? Well, here's the thing. Is it some because people who are our friends and maybe some of our listeners have said things about Rush Limbaugh and his passing that are distasteful. And at the same time, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago, when Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed away. People said some unkind and unfair things about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This is what happens when polarizing figures pass away. People take it upon themselves to say horrible things about these controversial characters, these controversial people, as it were. And I was taken aback by this with all the things that people were saying about Rush Limbaugh. Yeah. Now, these people never met Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh never said an unkind word directly to these people. Rush, and, and I don't mean to lecture you about this. I'm, I'm, I'm talking more about, and I'm not saying, I'm not trying to get up on my high horse on my, in my ivory tower and shame people for saying awful things about Rush Limbaugh when he passed away because he stirred a lot of powerful negative emotions in a lot of people. And yet at the same time, I don't think that they actually heard an entire episode of his. I don't think they ever really heard his show. They heard what other people had to say about Rush Limbaugh. I highly doubt these people who knew Rush Limbaugh would say the things that they said about him. There are some things, there are some things, and just like Howard Stern, when Howard Stern passes away, there's probably going to be a lot of people who are going to post unkind things about Howard Stern when he passes away. Right. Um, and to a small extent, you and I were frank and honest when Larry King passed away. Yeah. I don't think Larry King, I don't think Larry King was the greatest interviewer of all time. I don't. I don't think but he there's was There's a far cry between saying I don't think Larry King was the ver was the greatest interviewer of all time and saying rest in piss or rotten piss. You know, there's there's a limit to being honest about someone who's who's passed on and being just a piece of shit of a human being yeah and calling someone out like that right you know what really did rush limbaugh do that destroyed you so badly that you want to say that to him i'm sorry did did he tie you up and fuck your wife in front of you and she had more orgasms than she does with you what exactly did he do that was so bad 
that you have to have that much vitriol. He disagreed with you politically. Really? Yeah. And you're going to you're going to go that far with it that when he dies, I mean, I hated Ted Kennedy. Oh yeah. Hated him. But when he passed on, I I felt bad for his friends and family because regardless of whether I agreed with him politically or not, he was a human being who had friends, who had family. He had people that loved him. And he and what and, kind of a person are you that you're going to now say they need to rest in piss? Right. Yeah. That's it. That, I think that that says more about you than it says about Rush Limbaugh. There are some people who have pissed yeah. me off in the past and they pass away and I, I don't say anything. I didn't say anything because what do I win? What do I win when I say rest in piss Ruth Bader Ginsburg? I'm just using her as an example because she a liberal icon who passed away recently and she she was a divisive character i i guess she didn't mean anything to me one way or another she was she was just a woman who was on the supreme court yeah if if hillary clinton died tomorrow i don't think that i would say good i'm glad the bitch is dead i don't think that i would say that i don't want to burn the calories any more than i already have talking about her keeping in mind hillary clinton is somebody's mom and somebody's grandmother and they think right. the world of her for reasons that have nothing to do with politics has nothing to do with what she did when she was you know first lady of arkansas or the first lady of the united states or she was a candidate for president um uh, secretary of state hillary clinton doesn't care about me I don't affect her life at any, in any way. Why would I say I'm glad she's dead when she finally passes away? I think that this is more about human nature than anything else, Jay. Now, yeah. if Gene Shaheen passed away and Gene Shaheen has an enemies list and I'm on it twice, according to um, a former staffer of hers, who had told me this on October 31st, 2008. If Gene Shaheen passed away, do you think that I'm going to take to Twitter and say, good, I'm glad the bitch is dead. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, but here's the thing. I don't know how I would react. And I can simultaneously say, maybe it's in bad taste for you to say that. But if you're, if you're gay or you're bi or you have heard somebody say that Rush Limbaugh said something awful about your demographic, I understand your anger and your fury. I understand that. Yep. I understand that you would be pissed because you heard that Rush Limbaugh said something unkind and untrue about your demographic and your lifestyle. I understand that. I understand your anger. This is the part... Where it, the coincidence is unbelievable. On the same day that Rush Limbaugh died, last night, I got a text from my brother, Adam. And Adam and I have not spoken 
to each other since the day or two after my father passed away for reasons. My brother Adam texted me and told me that Joseph Jouer of Putney, Vermont, formerly of Brattleboro, Vermont, passed away. That is the name of the man who had abused me when he was living in my house where I lived when I was a kid while he was dating my mother and living with us from the early 80s to the mid 80s. And he has done some horrible things. He used to sit at the dining room table and tell us about the atrocities that he did to women and children when he was serving in Vietnam. He bragged about horrible things that he did to people here at home and how he got away with it. Joseph would say some of the most disgusting, vile things about people who never did him any harm. His hatred towards blacks and Hispanics, gays and lesbians, people who he thought were communists, people who didn't have the right religion or the right skin color or the right interests. Joseph would say the most disgusting, heinous things you could possibly imagine. He did horrible things to children. I watched Joseph cut a cat and a small dog in half twice with a shotgun. That's a despicable human being. Despicable human being. I will also add that he was also wanted in the state of Maine for the disappearance of three blonde young women. And I sat in, the, in a detective's office in October of 1987 telling Detective Steve Williams everything that I knew and how he bragged about how he had the head of a woman in his friend's freezer. And he was also a person of interest in some high-profile disappearances. And I have had plenty of discussions with therapists about what I went through. And my most recent therapist who, who retired because I don't make any sense, showed me that what happened to me was the definition of torture. I was waterboarded in my mother's basement. I was tortured. The kind of th the kind of things that you would do to prisoners of war that would send you to prison after the Geneva Convention stepped in and said, "Yeah, no, that shit happened to me." Other things happened that I don't feel like talking about on this podcast happened to me. And yet, and yet, I'm talking about it now. <laughs> well, know? no, no, no. But I mean, and yet, I have yet to hear you say he should rest in piss. Because he has 
a daughter and he has grandsons, I believe. He has family who are probably mourning his loss, mourning their loss of him because he wasn't an asshole to everybody. He has friends and family who are probably mourning his loss, not because he was a terrific person, but probably because of a life wasted. He wasted his life on anger and violence and cruelty. And for the life of me, I cannot find anyone on social media talking about their loss one way or another. He's a non-person who doesn't exist on social media. Nobody, as far as I can tell, as of this recording, it's February 18th, 2021, 10.20 a.m., and I have yet to say anything about this online. I have yet to read anything online about his passing. As of yet, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen his obituary online. I haven't, I haven't seen anything yet. And and this I, is a guy who, from conversations you and I have had um, privately, this is a guy who may be involved in the death of, as far as we know, up to four women or young girls more, more accurately. Not the nicest man in the world. By no. any stretch of the imagination. Certainly does not seem it. Out of all the people in the world, you could make a case to celebrate his death, you know? And yet you, who has a very personal reason, are still not denigrating him. You're only expressing your anger and frustrations with him because of what he's done to you. Right. It's because you have class and those people who are talking about a guy who had no personal impact on them do not. I'm not saying that I am a better person than those who are celebrating no, the death. Oh, okay. <laughs> you don't have to. I am. Because what did Rush, anyone who says that about Rush Limbaugh, what did he do to you that was that bad? Show a little fucking class. Be a goddamn human. What did he do to you? Right. Because the, the I, I feel sorry. I, I feel sorry for the guy. I literally feel pity for somebody who, pro, who probably died alone. Yeah. When I, I've asked, I've asked a couple of people, how did he die? When I asked my brother, how did he die? And my brother had said, he was just like, just, just being funny. Somebody probably dropped an anvil on his head. I literally thought somebody dropped an anvil on his head for a couple of minutes. <laughs> Which goes to show how emotionally jacked up just hearing about him got you. He inspired that kind of hatred in people. Certainly in you, at the very least. 
my brother joked about somebody dropping a, a, an anvil on his head, and I'm like, I'm not surprised. Right. I'd kind of like to buy that person a drink, you know? <laughs> if you could manage to drop an anvil on his head, that takes uh, that takes a lot of timing. That takes a that, that takes skill. Takes planning. That taking ahead. The idea that you actually plan, thought out this plan. That 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 takes some hubris. Now, this is also the same guy who said that before he dies, he's going to kill me. Well, I personally am grateful that he didn't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's weird. It was weird last night. Walking. Yeah, I remember you, you, you called me at an inopportune moment, but when I called you back, yeah, you were still processing. I'm, I'm, I, and I'm still processing. Um, and I made your girlfriend laugh. Yes, she did. I, t- I told her the story about when I was at the Colony Mill. <laughs> and I said, hey, you're that guy. Yeah, I'm that guy from that podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Then she hands out, a, he get, whips out a, a piece of paper and a pen. Can I get Jason Cousineau's autograph? <laughs> but but here's, here's the thing. And I, was, and I was talking to my aunt about this this morning. I don't know who I would be if it wasn't for him. I, I don't know. I, I don't know who I really am because of him. If it wasn't for him, I would be a different person. Makes you wonder, doesn't it? it uh, yeah. I mean, all of us can think of the people who influenced us positively and had a, had a positive effect on our lives. But the truth is, it's the people who... Well, for lack of a better term, it's the villains in our life who also help define who we are. Oh, what? James Bond wouldn't be James Bond if it wasn't for Blofeld. Right. Luke Skywalker wouldn't be Luke Skywalker if it wasn't for Darth Vader, literally and figuratively. Right. Right? Superman wouldn't be Superman if it wasn't for Lex Luthor. Right. I mean, you can and you could say that about any of the fictional villains. But the truth is, in our own lives, in day to day people in our own lives, those of you who were bullied when you were younger, what kind of a person are you now because of the fact that you were bullied? If nothing else, they set an example of what you don't want to be in your life. Some people were bullied so bad that it then inspired them to become, you know, black belts and the martial arts or work out and get a nice body or whatever it became because they were bullied. They changed something about themselves to kind of throw it in the face of the bully. You know, I know at least one kid at my high school reunion became really successful because he was always bullied and called stupid as a kid, you know, I mean, and now kid owns a, he, he owns a, a um, consulting business. Uh, he's got like seven sales guys that work for him and they do sales consulting. Well, not that they consult out and do sales for other companies, but they teach Salesforce people how to do sales. Okay, well, this is how you do your market research, blah, blah, blah. They, they teach how to do that. You know, so sometimes the villains in our lives are responsible for the people we end up being as 
the heroes in our lives who inspired us. Yeah. Because you have no idea how many times I've wanted to quit something that was hard. And the thought had occurred to me that if I did quit, Joseph Jouer from Southern Vermont would be right about me being a loser. Is That's odd. That's strange. Well, it's, odd, but it's, it, it's, it's the truth, though. Yeah. I didn't want this guy to have the satisfaction of knowing that I'm a loser, you know? <laughs> yeah. And how many times, how many times uh, did I not quit when I should have because I didn't want him to think that I'm a loser? Yeah. <laughs> um, right. How, how many things did you avoid just to, just so that you wouldn't prove him right? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I have a couple of degrees from college in part because I really love that topic. I really love that subject, but I also don't want him to have the satisfaction of knowing that I quit. Right. Even if he'll never know, you'll know. Right. And, and, and here's the, here's the crazy thing. I'm at the horse barn shoveling horse shit and shoveling horse piss and I'm doing an awesome job. I I'm giving this little task, this one task, 110% because I want to be able to know that if Joseph Jouer is watching me from, from the bottomless pits of hell, I want him to know that I'm having the greatest time of my life shoveling shit and piss and doing an awesome job because that's the kind of person that I am now. Whatever it is that I do, I do the best I can because that's what you do. Yeah. You give Any it. job worth doing is worth doing right. You give it 110% because people are going to look and see, oh my God, did you see how clean that barn is? You couldn't find a flake of horse shit anywhere. Eric, Eric does such a great job. That's and it was just like, and I was and I was told by a very very wise, and wonderful kind woman. That I'm not allowed to feel bad about feeling relief about this. Yeah, you're allowed to to be relieved. You're allowed to feel all of the emotions: anger, frustration, regret, anything. I want to. I want to put it to our listeners, and I'm going to start the thread, and I want to ask our listeners: How do you handle this? How do you handle news like this when you have heard of somebody who's caused great hurt in your life? How do you deal with it? How do you cope? Do do I feel bad because I didn't get a chance to say one last time? No, I'm I'm not sorry that I, I, I pissed in your cologne bottle when I found out that you were a racist. Um, and I'm sorry that I'm not sorry that you splashed my piss in your face after you shaved. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry I'm not sorry. Please please tell me you got to see the look on his face when he splashed it on mm, his face though. Please. Yeah. I okay, I'll I, I will tell you that to make you happy. Thank um you. thank you. And 
thanks to him, I know that I could face adversity and say, you're wrong. Knowing full well that I could quite possibly take a beating. But I think that one of the greatest mysteries that will, ne I will, that will, that will never be solved, I will never get the answer to this, to any kind of satisfaction. What was it about me that was so bad? Why did I have to take all those beatings? Why was I so severely punished? Why was I locked in the basement for weeks and months? What is it about me that he hated so much? What is it about my brother that he, he my, my, let's just, let's just be honest. When, when we were kids, in retrospect, I understand why so many people loved my brother more than me because he was a, he was a cute, adorable little redhead who was a little precocious. I understand why everybody loved him, and, and I was jealous of him. I can admit that. What the hell, What did my brother do to deserve that abuse? Honestly, what did anybody do to deserve his abuse? And people say, well, no he one does anything to deserve abuse. You know that. I know that. But can we just sign off on the fact that he was just an evil person and then just, okay, hey, I have this bottle of tequila that I've been saving for a special occasion. Let's let's crack it open. Okay, but Eric, it's only 1030. Um, how do you deal with... How do you deal with your feelings when somebody evil has passed away? Well, I know a few people who have been abused um, in various ways. And I was able to talk with one of them fairly recently. And they had mentioned that they would feel relieved if their abuser died, but they would also feel cheated that they didn't get one more chance not to talk to them about forgiveness but to say, this is what you did to me and you need to own up to it, you know? And I've never been abused like that. I've never felt that level of angry and just anger, frustration towards another person. I never have. I've been very blessed in my life to have not gone through what you've gone through. And the fact that you aren't, frankly, in prison somewhere or doing drugs or whatever is one of those little miracles in life that people don't ever really mm. think about. According to psychology, there's no reason why you yourself aren't some sort of serial killer or anything. Right. But the fact that you're able to process all of this, honestly, I think the podcast helps a little bit with that. You're able to kind of vent that to other people. And yeah, you've got people like me and, and Carol that you can talk to, but I think the podcast kind of helps you stay grounded in a way, you know? Um, there's a lot of bad people in the world, and now there's one less bad person in the world. Mm. I'm not going to say I'm glad he's gone, because any loss of human life is, is sad to someone. I wouldn't wish that sadness on anybody, but I am relieved that there is one less bad person in the world. But I'm also sad that he never had the chance of redemption. He never 
took the chance to make amends. He died before he could make amends. And I'm not hard to find, Jay. It's not yeah. hard. If you want to find Eric Fisk, it's not that hard. <laughs> no, no, it isn't. But in order for someone to, they have to re- seek that redemption. And the first step they have to do is they have to realize they've done something wrong. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there who, even though they're they're racists, misogynists, whatever ist you want to throw at the end, they don't realize that what they're doing is wrong. The West people of the Westboro Baptist Church, for example, the God hates fags people. Right. They're they don't they think they're doing good things by going out there and protesting people's very existence. You know, and that's the hard part. I mean, very few of us take an honest look at ourselves and say, what good have I brought in the world? What bad have I brought in the world? It's something I try and do. And I try to make sure that the good I bring into the world outweighs the bad. I don't know how good of a job I've done. I really don't. I don't think any of us do because just cutting someone off, even inadvertently on the highway, can set in to set into motion a series of events that that person spirals from. Because they got cut off, they're now angry when they go home and their wife says something and it sets them off even further. And then, you know, they go to a bar to get away from their wife who who pissed them off because they're already angry. And then they get into a bar fight and inadvertently kill somebody. Would that have all happened if I hadn't inadvertently cut them off? We don't know. Right. We don't know. It's the butterfly effect, right? But at the same time, I actively try and do good in the world. And I know you do, too. We've had these discussions. Yeah. You know, and it's the people who are out there celebrating the death of Rush Limbaugh. What good have you brought in the world? It's like drinking. And it's not. And like you said, it's not about Rush Limbaugh. Because that's usually their first reaction. Well, what good did Rush Limbaugh bring in the world? I don't give a shit. This isn't about Rush Limbaugh. It's about you. Rush Limbaugh's gone. He's now facing how much good or evil he brought in the world. What about you? Are you bringing good in the world by saying rest in piss to a person you've never met? It's like drinking poison, expecting somebody else to suffer and die. I know that's a weird analogy. And they're asking, it's being angry like that. Having that kind of venom is like drinking poison, expecting somebody else to die. Yeah. And it's, it's, it, 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 it says a lot about who you are as a person and how you react to something like that. That's, that's a reflection on you. That's a, that's a reflection on how can I, how can I say this without How you react to bad news like that reflects on you, not him. How yeah. you how you reacted and how, and what you said out loud on social media says more about you than it's than it does about him. Now, granted, he inspired those feelings in you. That's I, you can't deny that. He said things on his radio show 
that angered people. He inspired hatred in some people. Now, whether yeah. whether or not that they heard all of the second or third hand, that's that's on them. I don't know if he really said some of the things that they are now saying he said. But I don't know. I got other things to worry about. <laughs> you know, right. um, but I I think that this is a really sort of important lesson for some of us. And I think that we should all stop and think about how are people going to talk about us when we're gone? I've thought, I've thought about this a lot. If, if I died tomorrow, how would my sons react? How would they, how would they feel if I passed away? How would they, how, you know, would they, how would they react? How would they, how would they divide up all my stuff? What would they do to, with the website? How would they be there to comfort their mom? Um, how many people are going to post rest and piss Eric Fisk? You know, um, I'm sure that there's probably going to be maybe one or two. Maybe. But I, uh, but I, what I think is worse, Jay, what I think is worse is somebody died and nobody said one word on social media that the rest of us can read in public. Nobody has said anything about him dying on social media. And to be clear, we're talking about uh, your abuser. Joseph Jouer. Nobody yeah. is saying anything, good or bad, on social media now that which, he's dead. Which is, to me, more sad. Yeah. Than anything else. So I know that we probably have to cut this here at this. It's just food. It's just yeah. something to think about. And also, this is also a perfect time for me to just tell you, Jay, that I love you like a brother. And I appreciate you. I appreciate you more than you will ever know. And you've made my life so much better by being in it. And I appreciate you, our listeners. You right now listening to this, you may not know it, but you are a very important person in my life. And you're the reason why I do this. And you're the reason why I keep going. And you're the reason why I will never stop. If there is just one of you out there listening, I promise you I'm going to keep doing this podcast for you. And you're free to message me and say you want us to do this topic or that topic um and if you and if you want to just jam me a message and just chat by all means um just do so um i'm not i'm, I'm not crying because this this man's dead I'm, I'm i'm crying because i'm reminded of how precious life is and and how easily we could accidentally throw it all away because of emotional problems or our substance abuse problems, anger, rage issues, just simply being evil. Um, life is precious and it is breathtakingly short and you deserve to live the best life possible. And, and, and part of me making your life the best life possible is just by making a better podcast. So I, I've, I've probably said too much, Jay.
So that was beautiful, dude. Thanks. I was going to say something, but I, I have nothing to add to that. Except I love you too, man. <laughs>